Clayton. John Clayton. Hey, Mom, I'm done with my segment. This is the Coors Light Cold Hard Facts with John Clayton. Brought to you by Coors Light. Made to chill. Time to talk football with the professor, John Clayton. If you guys have questions for John, text him in right now, 206-421-3776. That's 421 ESPN. We'll try to get to some of your questions before we let him go for the day. Hello, John. Hello, guys. Well, By, by the way, Urban Meyer. See, you can't even, you can't contain yourself, John. Urban you didn't, you didn't even let me set it up, John. Now, oh, okay. Okay, now you explain to everybody why you're chanting his name again. Well, now the latest story is Josh Lambeau, longtime kicker for the Jaguars, was at a war- was in a warm up, and at a training camp, uh, he came over to uh, you know Meyer came over to him, and uh, you know basically said, hey, uh, uh, you know, and he says, hey, you you better start making these bleeping field goals, and then kicked him, yeah, just kicked him in the leg. And, of course, uh, you know, Josh took offense to that because he's never had a coach kick him or make contact with him. And, you know, what did Urban end up saying? It's like, hey, I'm the head man here. I can do whatever the bleep I want. And if I want to kick you, I'll kick you. Yeah, it's uh, it's what a, what a weird thing. He says he called him, hey, dip bleep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> make, make your bleeping kicks. And mm-hmm. he, he said the kick wasn't like – an injury type of like he didn't get injured. He said, but he called it a five out of ten. Yeah, on the kick scale. And then uh, he said, "Don't you ever bleeping kick me again?" At which point Meyer told him, "I'm the head ball coach. I'll kick you whenever the bleep I want." Yeah. And then of course Meyer is saying, "You know, this is not what happened at all, and there are witnesses to the to that effect." I I, I thought after the comments from Shad Khan, he was gone. Now with this, you know, he, had, the, he has. I mean, there's no way he's. It's gonna, over, John. Yeah, it is has to be i mean you know, you're kicking players players hate you calling your coaches losers mm-hmm. calling assistant coaches losers you know marvin jones you know came out today and said that uh no we had a man-to-man talk on that you know but again you know he confirmed that uh, you know he left the team and was upset and was complaining and of course Urban oh, Meyer's was, a- the the kicker no, no Marvin, the receiver Marvin, marvin jones the wide receiver oh, marvin jones no, and, and so it's like uh and so it said that hey, uh, it's like I, I ended up uh, you know going ahead and uh, you know leaving the team and all that stuff. But we had a man-to-man talk. But you know, Urban even denied that they that the incident even happened. Well, which one are you talking about, the kicker or the Bo- both? Well, because because Lambo told the the newspaper he this whole thing came out in. He said he reported it to his agent, yeah. who, who contacted the Jags legal counsel the following day. And then uh, Jags legal counsel indeed acknowledged and responded immediately to the query made by Josh Lambeau's agent Friday, August 27th, 2021, the Jags said in a statement to the newspaper. So there's documentation from their own legal counsel that, yes, there was a complaint filed. But again, he lies about it. I mean, he says that nothing, none of this stuff happens, that he gets along well with the players and all that stuff. I mean, it's an absolute disaster. It's making John so happy, Dave. I know. I know how happy he is. Take us back, John, when uh, when you first started really disliking Urban Meyer. The day he was hired. Okay. And again, it's nothing personal. That sounds kind of personal. No, it isn't. <laughs> it sounds no, it's like you're, you're taking great joy. Well, that, that, that's, that's like you loving the Detroit Lions. Oh, but, for the love of God, man. Yeah, but it's like, uh, no, it's like, <laughs> my, my thought is that, uh, you know, since 2000, I think there's been like eight to nine college coaches that are pure college coaches that have been hired. And the only one that had a winning record was uh, Chip Kelly. 
And he didn't have a great NFL career, but he's the only one that had a winning record. uh, So say what you want. But again, the problem is what you see with Urban Meyer. And this is a thought that I had is number one. I mean, you're used to bossing around teenagers and you're not, you know, there with adults. And, uh, you know, so he's he's treating adults like teenagers. And that's exactly what he ended up doing with Josh Lambeau. And he's done it with so many other players. And all he's going to do is lie and deny it. I wish he would have kicked a linebacker. Mm-hmm. He would have dotted his eye. Yeah. That would have been, that would have been great. Yeah. Wouldn't that have been um, good? Yeah. Hey, John, we, we played a little what if. But, oh, no. Here we go. And I'm not going to ask you the what if, but because okay. um, yeah, our ahead. what if was what if um, Shoddy was still, was still coaching here? Uh, you know, as the offensive coordinator, what, mm-hmm. what would this this team look like? But I mean, I, I guess my question to you is, it, it's just interesting to me that you see these offensive coordinators that just kind of get recycled. Right. I mean, it, it doesn't work, you know, and so then he goes somewhere else. And who's our guy with the weird eyes? That's Joe Vitz. Uh, Adam, Adam, Adam Gaze. Adam, Adam Gaze is a great example of that. How these guys, they don't. They don't get kicked out of the NFL. It's like they just kind of float around and mm-hmm. go to different places. I, I just find that to be very strange that the NFL operates that. Well, way. yeah, but again, it's like where are you going to get the new new coaches? I mean, because again, a lot of the college coaches are going to stay in college, you know, who are offensive coordinators, and so it's like you only have to do the recycle thing because there's very limited options of what you can go get. Yeah, I guess I guess it means. I guess it means that maybe, you know, he can communicate differently with a different, you know, I wonder if it's, it's a lot of it is about the relationship between the offensive coordinator and the quarterback. Yeah. Do you you think it's that? I think so. But again, I think that uh, Russell got along well with Brian Schottenheimer. Yeah. They were, they got along fine. It just didn't seem like whatever he was calling made much sense to, to Russ though. No, I mean, again, it's like you can see there were some problems there, and that's why I think, you know, right now uh, with Shane Waldron, I think is in a better position, and so I think that's that's encouraging. And so it's like, uh, you know, you can see the tempo, and again, I mean, the only reason that the offense is down is because Russ missed three games and didn't play like Russ for three games. Hey, we, we asked the question to open the show, just comparing the Rams and the Seahawks and saying, mm-hmm. all right, if you just go position group by position group, where do the Seahawks have the advantage, if anywhere? Uh, everywhere right now because they're all hurt. I mean, they're all on COVID-19. You know, they got 16 guys on COVID-19. How many are starters? Uh, I'd say about uh, six, maybe seven. Was it hmm. Sebastian Day? Was he Yeah, one of he, them? he was one of them. Fuller, the safety was one of them. Oh, Fuller, yeah. Yeah, he, he's a good one. Ramsey, he, Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah, uh, Haverstein. What what is the thought oh, that, that that these guys are all going to be out this Sunday, or some could so. be cleared, or what do you, what do you think, John? Well, I mean, again, uh, <laughs> this all started on uh, you know well Monday for uh, or Sunday over the weekend for Ramsey and for uh, you know Tyler Higby who actually had a false positive, but everything else was all Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and so it's like uh, you know you figure that if they're going to be out seven days, good chance they're going to miss the game on Sunday. Yeah, so I'm looking at the list. So Jalen Ramsey, Daryl Henderson. Mm-hmm. Um, wasn't Henderson out, though, already? He, he's been banged was... up off and on all year. Yeah, so, okay, him. You mentioned Havenstein. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dante Dion. I don't know that he's a starter. No. Odell Beckham Jr. is. Uh, Jordan Fuller, as you mentioned, their right. safety. And their safety tandem's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Those two, uh, him and Rap, both have a lot of tackles. But uh, Ter- Terrell Bur- Burgess, 
don't think is a starter. No, Hughes, not. Juju Hughes, not a starter. Bryson Hopkins, not a starter. Alaric Jackson. But, yeah, you get down to Sebastian Joseph Day. So mm-hmm. I guess I'm counting about five starters. Five starters, yeah. Okay, so five starters. Yeah. And, again, so, we're not done yet. Yeah. I mean, there, there's still going to be more added. I mean, today we had 31 around the lake, 85 in the last three days. It's amazing. Yeah. And then well, are we – and I know they don't – they don't give out everybody's individual vaccination status, but I would. We were hearing about percentages with teams, like yeah. you know, ninety eight percent, ninety seven percent. Most of these teams are up around those numbers of vaccinated players, right? So, we're, well, like I know, Sean McVay said that every one of his uh, positive tests were all for vaccinated players. Okay. Well, and the other thing too that I'm seeing is that the vast majority of them are not getting symptoms mm-hmm. like they're you know they're asymptomatic or it's just very minor there's nothing that has happened so far anyway which is the good news that right you know there haven't been any serious cases or anything like that so. no but again it's like uh, i mean you know normally if uh, you're unvaccinated it's a 10-day wait to come out of quarantine and be in there i mean in this case I mean, you can, you know, you, 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 know, you can go seven days and, you know, you can see if you get some negative tests toward the end, you can be back after seven days. But you pretty much have to miss at least five to seven days if you're going to have a positive test. And so it's like, uh, you know, this thing is a mess. I mean, you've got Washington right now with 18, the Cleveland Browns with 18. And for the Browns, they have 11 starters that are uh, testing positive. And their and, head coach. And their head coach and one of the assistant coaches. And so it's like, uh, you know, they're, they're a mess. And, again, you only have 16 players on the practice squad. Yeah, I was just yeah. reading this. If Mayfield and Stefanski don't turn in two negative tests by Saturday, they'll both miss uh, Cleveland's mm-hmm. game against Las Vegas, which is huge. Do you think – I mean, are we getting close to a, a forfeit situation coming up here, John? Getting closer, but, again, you know, it's like I know that people keep on saying that the league needs to do something. The league needs, needs to do nothing in regards to forfeits. This is a team decision, and the team has to see how many players they can have, how many are going to be available, and you know, can they can they survive? I mean, they probably won't be able to win, but can you play? You know, with you know less than uh, you know the forty six players, and that's that's a big question. And uh, you know, who, how do you replace them? What do you do? And that's that's a big question. But again, I mean, you know, today it was thirty one players that tested positive. Well, 30 and then one, one, one that was a contact, which was the first of the 85. That was the first contact one uh, this week. But, again, these are all happening in the middle of the week. Was it 37 yesterday? Uh, 27 yesterday. 27. There was a 37-day. Was that, Yeah, that was, was Monday. Monday. Oh, yeah. geez. 30, yeah, 37 on Monday. Goodness. Yeah, I just saw the headline. I'm trying to read furiously here. But it says basically the NFLP is – the NFLPA is telling the NFL, I told you so yeah. on daily testing for vaccinated players because, you know, they're 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 doing it every single day. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so but, for, but, but for, they don't test now every day. I mean, that's the one well, thing that the, it says uh, daily testing for vaccinated. players. No, that's what the players want. The players want oh. daily daily testing. And, you know, and even the league came out today, which I think was wrong, and said that, uh, hey, well, the testing doesn't stop the spread. Well, guess what? If you don't know if they test positive, how do you know what the spread's going to be? 
you know, because yeah. they set up this silly system where it's like if you're vaccinated, then you kind of get a break as far as when you get the next test. Right. And a lot, like you said, Bob, a lot of the players that are testing positive have had been vaccinated. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, for example, as I guess John McVeigh said, all the Rams have been uh, vaccinated. But again, yeah. that didn't work. And we'll see how it goes as far as who's going to be available and who's not. But I mean, if you take away that many players, how do you win? It's a good question. It's a good question. It's a, you know, the Browns look to be in a really bad spot since their game's on Saturday, and you've got your starting quarterback and your head coach who will be Mm -hmm. out in that that situation. So yeah, we'll we'll see. uh, As far as the Ravens go, it sounds like they feel okay. Obviously, they want Lamar Jackson. He injured Mm -hmm. his ankle, uh, and then they had Huntley in there who played pretty well for him. It just sounds in reading about it that they've obviously every coach is going to pump up the backup and say, hey, we're we're in good hands and everything, but. What, what do you think of that situation out there with, with Jackson? And that he's he's a guy that we all look at and go, man, at some point his running is going to get to him. It's going to happen. But he's he's uh, he's never missed a game because of injury, which is interesting for a guy who does run as much as he does and mm-hmm. does get hit as much as he does. He's he's never missed a game because of injury, and he's still you know not ruled out in this one. But what what's the level of concern there? Well, I think he's going to miss the game. Yeah, you know, because say what you want, it's like uh, you know he he came off the field with an ankle injury on a cart. Now again, if he could walk and do all that stuff, then it would you feel a lot better about it. But I, I think there's a decent chance that he's going to miss the game. Hmm. Hey John, who who do you like? I was just looking at probability to win in the AFC. Uh, who do you think comes out on top? You were just talking about. Uh, I Cleveland. have no idea. <clears throat> I've been saying this now for six weeks. I have New no England idea. Patriots. New when New England Patriots, Kansas City, they're among the the teams that have the better chance. But at this stage, because, again, I mean, like, for example, look at Kansas City. They play tomorrow night. Chris Jones is going to be out. They have about two or three other players who tested positive with COVID-19. I mean, this is going to affect every team down the stretch. And so who knows who gets it bad and who gets it. Uh, but, again, all the – I mean, and, again, I, I keep on saying with the, you know, the upsets and the things that we've seen so far, I mean, I have no idea. We just have to watch this play out. Four two one three seven seven six four two one ESPN powered by Mac and Jack's Brewing Company. That is the text line uh, for you that have questions for John and somebody asking about the the uh, limit of COVID infections. Is it in terms of figuring out uh, yep. if the Rams reach a number that they're going okay? We we just can't field a team, or mm-hmm. is there is there a minimum number of active players they have to have on game day in order to? To, to be able to play the game? It's up to the team. I mean, again, you have to figure that, you know, with special teams and everything else, I mean, it can't get into the low 40s. That'd be a little bit too tight because, again, you know, you've got you – know, then all of a sudden, I mean, just about everybody has to play every snap, and then you have to have all those guys play special teams. Now, again, I mean, you have practice squad guys, and, you know, what can they do? Because, again, they're practice squad guys. So, but the, but there is no official number. No, like, there's, all no, right, there's if, no official number. Okay, it's a team decision. So, if they wanted to, if they yeah. said, "Hey, we can do this with 42 players active," mm-hmm. we, we're going to do it. Yeah, if they okay. want to, sure. And again, and understanding that if they don't play, they don't get paid. Both teams don't get paid. Wow. Hey, John, we were talking about uh, the off season and how it looked like. What was the number, Bob? A uh, eighth most. As far as salary cap, yes, uh, mm-hmm. room salary goes cap room. for for the Seahawks. What do you? 
I mean, depending on whether they win out or let's say they go two and two down the yeah. stretch, which would probably be what most people expect. They would mm-hmm. lose to Arizona. They would lose to the Rams, beat Detroit and Chicago. But how active do you think? I, I feel like John Schneider's not going to sit on his hands in this off season. What uh, what what do you well, think? Well, he's got he's got fifty five million dollars of cap room on the two hundred eight point two cap, and then on top of that, I mean, they've got about thirteen million dollars right now under the cap that if they don't spend this year, they can roll over. So they can have as much as sixty eight million dollars, and so uh, you know, there's plenty of cap room to be able to do whatever they want to do, and so I would have to think they could be very active in all that. John, as, as far as uh, the, the Rams go, we were talking to, yeah. to DeMarco Farr earlier, and we were just talking about all the moves they've made. You know, they, they bring in, obviously, Matthew Stafford was the biggest move they made, but they bring in Von Miller. They brought in Deshaun Jackson, who has since moved on, Odell Beckham Jr. This is very much a go-for-it-now move by the team, and, they've, and you tell me. I don't, I don't think they've got a first-round pick for the next three decades or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I know. But... Five, five, five <laughs> consecutive years where they won't have a first-round pick. Does this feel like if they don't get it done this year that the bill's going to come due for these players and all these moves they've made? Or how, how, I guess I'm looking at the window for that yeah. team. I think they have another year in the window, but again, after that, I think it starts to shrink because again, like they're tight against the cap next year, even though it's a two hundred two hundred eight point two. I mean, I think they have like about you know four or five million dollars of cap room, something of that nature, which obviously they can you know restructure contracts and you know take care of guys. And you know that Andrew Whitworth is probably going to retire, so that'll save them a little bit of money. But no, I think that uh, you know they, uh, I, I think the window. You know, it's starting. It may start to close next year, but it's not going to completely close. John, we were talking to uh, Demarco Farr, who's the sideline reporter for the Seahawks. Yeah. or I'm sorry, the Rams. And uh, you know, he was saying how I was kind of asking him about Matthew Stafford. And John, over the years, since you know, forever, with yeah. that we've uh, been doing this show, we've probably talked about Matthew Stafford second most behind Russell Wilson. It seems like he always came up just because he was such a you know, he, he put up good numbers, he's mm-hmm. a good player, but he was on a crappy team with Detroit. And so what's sort of your, your assessment of how – is he where you expected? What, what do you think about uh, Matthew Stafford? Oh, I think he's great. I mean, I think that uh, – I mean, even in Detroit, despite the fact that, uh, you know, Bob's team – uh, doesn't have any talent and hasn't had talent for so many years that uh, you know they that uh, you know he, you know he never won a playoff game. But how do you win a playoff game when you have so such a limitation on the talent that's on your team? So I think that mm, you can got see, to the playoffs. What's that? They got to the playoffs? somehow they got there yeah, four times. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I, I'm a little foggy here, a little brain fog. When yeah. did uh, the Detroit Lions become Bob Stelton's team? I, I miss that. Well, one. no, he keeps on saying because they play some close games that they're you know harder to beat than people think, and of course uh, you know they still get beat every week. I mean, they don't know how to win, and so it's like uh, you know. And, but he, but again, he brings up the idea that's true. I mean, they do pay comp- competitive type of games for the most part. They didn't last week, but they they play competitive games. But again, they're not a good enough team to win. All right, John. I'll tell you what: if uh, the Lions beat the Seahawks, Bob is going to make you do a hundred push-ups. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> How many could you do, John? Huh? How many could you do? Do you think? Oh, right now. Maybe 30. 30? Yeah. Wow. Hey, I'm impressed, John. 30, <laughs> mm-hmm. that's pretty good. 30 man. in a row, or would you do 10 here, no, 5 30, here? 30 in a row. Okay. 
Yeah, because again, I want to get it done and get it done fast. Okay, <laughs> that's, that's impressive. Yeah, John's got. Uh, by the way, I I sure. will have no satis. There will be zero satisfaction for me as a no. Seahawks fan if mm-hmm. the Lions beat them. There'll be embarrassment. Yeah. There'll be shame. There'll but there'll be no satisfaction other than well, they're they're tougher than their their record indicates mm-hmm. is, is all I would say. But yeah. John, either way, good stuff. We'll do it again tomorrow. All right, sounds good. All right, there we go. There's John Clayton with us every day. If you missed any of today's cold hard facts, brought to you by Coors Light Made to Chill, you can download the podcast at 710sports.com. Yeah, all I all I ever said, Dave, when you were gone was, "Hey, you look at their record. I mean, they lose to Cleveland 13 to 10, Chicago 16-14, overtime to Pittsburgh 16 16 was yeah. a tie." Uh, they, right. they they lose nineteen seventeen to Baltimore. They and there's been a couple games where they got their tail kicked, but you look at how many close games they've played. That's all I said is, hey, it's not like they're going out there every week and they're getting blown out by thirty points. And they've yeah. since become my favorite team, apparently. So. Yeah. Oh, I think you're in love with them, Paul. <laughs> Clearly, uh, Paul, uh, Bob. No, no. That's question. okay, Phil. No I got you. I got you. Yeah. All right. For some reason uh, that's something I would have said to Moyer. <laughs> All right, the Seahawks and Rams both have explosive offenses, but will one position group on defense help decide this game? We'll talk about that next with Wyman and Bob on 710 ESPN Seattle.